This is The Dugout. Weekly interviews with Mariners manager Scott Service. Brought to you by Pizza Hut and by Mazda of Everett. Inside access to the clubhouse from Shannon Dreyer. Every Tuesday at 1 with Bumping Stacy on Seattle Sports Station. The home of the Mariners. It is the dugout, and we're getting the dugout started just as we do every single week with the Scott Service Show. The Skip joining us now, and uh, Skip, I've been very, very excited to uh, to have you on following uh, Friday's win. Uh, obviously, everyone in great spirits, but walk us through some of your emotions in the moment. I mean, now that you've had a couple of days to reflect, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm excited, um, as everybody is around here about the what lies ahead for us, but. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of things that I experienced uh, for the first time there Friday night, but uh, it was a lot of fun um, letting loose, guys uh, really uh, having a good time with it, and more importantly, you know, seeing the faces of the fans in the stands and how excited they were um, and how long it's been. It was a pretty special night. Now, you decided about an hour after the game to go out and speak to fans. How much of that was maybe some liquid courage, and how much of it was you being like, I need to talk to fans, I need to tell them what's on my mind? <laughs> It was my favorite part. It was my favorite part. I think it was more of Kevin Martinez coming to me nah. and saying, hey, <laughs> nobody's left yet. Could you go out and address the group? And uh, I said, yeah, if we can get all of our players rustled up and get them out there, I will. And I didn't really know how it was going to go. Um, I was certainly excited, and I just wanted to let them know how much they've meant to our season and how much they mean to this team. And uh, you know, how much energy they're able to bring uh, throughout different points of the year and what's meant to us. And I'm sure uh, I had to kind of, I don't know where the let's party came from, but no, I guess it, was it came great. out okay. <laughs> it, was, it, was per- it was the perfect ending to it. So it, was, it was fun, and uh, it's a night I'll never forget. You know, when you put so much blood, sweat, and tears into trying to get to this moment, um, for all the fans and people that have been in the organization for so many years. It, it's really relieving, and it just, uh, it's joyful for everybody. Scott, first thing I want to say to you is something I yelled at you during uh, the, the celebration. I know you didn't hear. <laughs> Let's go. I was so excited, man. I was at that game, watching it go down, connecting with people. And, uh, you know, I went home and I thought about it. I go, man, I wonder who Scott called, you know, because in a moment like that, I would think that maybe you, you reach out to your buddies or your, your mentors. What was it like once you got home and you sat down and picked up your phone and, and saw how many people were calling you and texting you? That's, it's a good question. When things like that happen that are, um, you know, they, they change your life, you know, and people know how hard we work at these jobs, the people that you're close to, you know, it's family members, it's, it's people in the industry that you have worked with or you've worked, you know, worked for in the past. It's, it's lifelong friends, coaches, whatnot. So I had a, uh, well over 100 text messages that night. Obviously, it took me a little while to get back to all of them, but uh, very excited to do so because along the way, you just run across so many great people uh, in our game, whether it's scouts, it's former players. I mean, it was just wild, you know, the comments and, and everybody watching all that play out. It was really exciting. It's, it's fun. It's fun to go back and rejoice. But like I said the other night, uh, this team's got bigger goals. We're looking ahead, and right now it's, it's figuring out how to navigate through these next three games and make sure we're as healthy as we possibly can before we head out to Toronto or Cleveland. And as of today or at this moment, we just don't know yet where we're headed. See, Bump, you asked that question. Here I was trying to congratulate Skip, and I just got shamed for never making it actually down to the club. 
<laughs> well, Dave, you. you're not a regular down here, and all I'm of a sudden now we're in celebration, and we've got the champagne flowing. And that's exactly enough, what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, you know, I just, I just follow where the good time's going to be. If it's in the stands, that's where I watch. I heard there was champagne, and I popped down there, and of course, Scott, I had to see you and say congratulations. And and it may or may not have been just following the party, but um, but it was it was a party. It was so fun. And I talked to a couple of your guys. I talked to Logan. Um, I uh, I was part of the conversation with Cal and he was surrounded so didn't get a question and talked to Chris and I I felt like um, there was just a brotherhood obviously everyone's in a good mood right after winning everyone's Mm -hmm. feeling great but I without telling these guys what I had talked to their teammate about prior to them every single one said the same thing which is which is this is a brotherhood this is we're so close we're so tight and that to me is a good culture what does the culture feel like to you right now? Well, it, it, culture is something that evolves over time, you know, and certainly rely a lot on the personalities that are that are in that clubhouse. And I, I said early on in this season, I thought we had a really good mix. And I thought the addition of like a Carlos Santana, who had had some experience, had been around, uh, served a vital role at a key part in our season. And, it, you know, not just things that he said or did, but him kind of talking to some other players about, hey, this is how it's done or this is how we need to go about our work. And, you know, I think we've talked long and and hard about what Gino Suarez yeah. has meant to work about and his energy. So when you see all those things and, and you see the guy celebrate, and I did really mean it when I said to the group, you know, before we start, you know, popping the champagne bottles, like everybody played a role in this. And I think when everybody feels like they did, they had a part, whether it was winning a game or, or helping a player get back on the field or, or just the different things that all the people do around our team to make us better and, and I truly believe this is a, a team effort. And I've, I've said many times this season, the strength of our team is in the depth of our team. And we give people opportunity, and we've had a lot of guys step up and take advantage of it this year. So when everybody's celebrating, they all feel like they're a part of it. And that, for me, is the culture, ultimately, that you want. You know, you don't, you don't want just want to hang your, your hat on the three or four stars and then ride it, let them ride you to the promised land. Everybody has to do their job, and this team, you know, signifies that. Scott, I, I look at the team and it's clear that you guys are close. There's a lot of personalities out there. I wasn't, I didn't get down to the field uh, or to the clubhouse. You didn't like, shamelessly like walk Stacey into the- I, I <laughs> wanted to. I would have if I wasn't with my wife, but I had to, I had to take her home. Um, and I could imagine just the celebrations and videos that I saw. Please tell me you saw Jared Kelnick crack a smile and just relax a little bit during that celebration. Oh, yeah. JK was leading the charge. and oh, uh, good. Uh, I saw him in a different state, <laughs> deep, <laughs> deep into the night. Uh, and I have to give him credit. He, you know, we had a day game the next day, and I was a little worried about who was going to be able to post. And, uh, you know, lucky for us, we got out to an early lead in that game. We were able to hang on to it. But J.K. posted. It uh, says a lot for him because at about 2 in the morning, I just wondered if I had enough players to put out there. But, <laughs> guys, our guys found a way. We got out there. And, you know, that's kind of what, like I said, we're trying to work through here these last three games. Awesome. I hope there was a moment where you were like, am I going to have to suit up? Like, am I going to have to go out there and catch? <laughs> oh, I had no chance. I was not in a good state. Uh, luckily for me, I just had to sit there and watch it. So, uh, no, we, like I said, you know, today's doubleheaders challenging. You know, it's, it's two nine-inning games. We're trying to map out yep. our pitching. And positions, you may see some guys in some different positions, maybe some pitchers pitching a little bit different roles. But, you know, we need to be very strategic. I don't want to run anybody too hard and then not have them be available for what we have coming up yeah. in the upcoming series. No kidding. Um, I uh, I do want to ask about that series. Uh, quickly, how's Sam Haggerty feeling? 
Not great. Uh, you know, he's, he's scuffling. Um, he's getting an MRI right now. Uh, we are going to put him on the IL. I think our trainers, staff, and everybody realizes that, you know, it's, it's a deep tissue issue, injury. It's, it's something related to his growing. So we'll get an MRI and see where that's at. But he is going to be an IL, and it's so unfortunate because uh, Swaggy's had such big impact in what he does in helping our team. And, you know, coming off the bench or playing in left field, he's had a really good year. So it hurts. You know, it really does hurt. He's not going to be available and be on the roster going forward here. Yeah, Scott, um, it's unfortunate to see Haggerty go down. And it's not like football. In football, there's a depth chart. All right, next guy up. But because Swaggerty does so many different things, right, you put him in different positions, how do you determine how to fill that void? Yeah, you know, well, look, you know, we we optioned Abe Toro yesterday. Toro will come back to us today. And the fact that he can play a couple different positions in the infield certainly helps. And he's a switch hitter. But, you know, looking at lineup, lineups and, and rosters for the playoffs are put together a little bit differently. You know, you might have somebody who's just a specialty guy, maybe a, a high-end base dealer, somebody that's just going to be a defender, somebody that could hit certain right- or left-handed pitching. So looking at a roster, we have not made all those decisions yet, and a lot of it is dictated on who we play. Are we going to Toronto? Are we going to Cleveland? Right. Which will ultimately determine what our final playoff roster looks like. So we got some decisions yet to make. We don't have to put that playoff roster in until the day of the game, and you know we'll look at everybody we have available. Uh, you guys at least have a, a good problem, right? You got to figure out exactly uh, what your starting rotation is going to be, but it's not a bad problem to have. I mean, you got so many great guys to work with right there at the top. Um, I know how confident you are with Luis Castillo. You just talked about it the other day. We were playing that sound earlier for listeners, but can you talk a bit about your faith and and just how you feel about um, either Robbie or, or Gilbert as well. Yeah, the, the, the strength of our team has been our starting pitching all year long, and, and I'll put our starting pitching up uh, against anybody's, all five of the guys, and uh, they've been really good. They've been very consistent. Uh, you know, Robbie has been kind of the leader of the pack, so to speak, um, taking the ball, and all these guys, they stubbed their toe at some point. They've had a rough outing. Maybe they're not quite as sharp. Maybe they're dragging a little bit, or the breaking ball isn't what it needs to be at a certain time, but... You know, I do feel very good about all of our guys having the ability to step it up uh, when you need to. And certainly there's no bigger stage than, than a playoff stage. Uh, I feel very confident in all the guys having the ability to do that. So, you know, you can't get so caught up in, the, oh, he had a bad outing here. He had a bad couple innings there. He gave up a couple home runs of this team. You know, I do trust our group. Um, they all are very good competitors, every one of these guys. You know, from Luis to Robbie, Logan, George, Marco, these guys compete their tails off, and they figured out a way to keep being games. So uh, whoever we put out there, feel very good about it. And like I said, I'll, I'll keep saying over and over, I'll take our starting pitching against anybody's in the league. Hey, Scott, how's, how's Julio feeling? I know he's a young man, uh, but he was swinging that back hard, uh, bad hard the other night. And is he doing any post-game treatment, or is he just full go, just uh, continue your, your routine that you had during the season? Yeah, he looks great. I thought he came out last night. His timing was really good. Um, didn't really surprise me with Julio. It's just he just goes and plays and doesn't overthink it too much. And he's so gifted. But uh, you know, doubleheader today, you will not see him in both games. Right now, the plan is he'll probably play in the second game. Um, we'll get him a game today, and then if that goes well. He'll probably be in there tomorrow as well in the season finale here at home. So, uh, thumbs up. All systems go. He felt great coming out of the game last night, and you'll see him in there today, today as well. Is there kind of a last question here for me? Is there kind of um, a weird advantage with all the uh, 
it's not easy to tr- have as much travel miles as you guys do as a club, but now that you know that your playoff road and your path to a World Series is going to go through either Cleveland or Toronto, is there a weird advantage with having your club so experienced with these long road trips? We're certainly used to it. <laughs> There's no <laughs> yeah, question about that. I think, you know, this is just so different in the fact that, you know, we'll have a number of uh, family members traveling with everybody and, you know, large contingent of, uh, you know, Mariners employees and people around the team. So it's a much larger group than we typically travel with. And But it should be. I want everybody to enjoy this and celebrate it and root us on wherever we're playing. But we're used to the travel. Uh, I'm not that worried about it. We'll get on the plane tomorrow night and uh, kind of go through the normal routine there. We have an off day when we get into Toronto or Cleveland. There's a good chance we may go to the ballpark for a couple hours, probably more so to just kind of take a few of the, the pre-series meetings out of the way. Um, some of the guys want to get on the field and throw and, and hit a little bit. We'll do that, but nothing too strenuous. And then we'll get after it there the next day, the first game. So uh, that's the plan right now. Um, again, it'd be nice to know where we're going, but we just got to go out and try to win today's game and see where it takes us. Yeah, no kidding. At least you guys will find out soon, and everyone's going to be watching and rooting for you. And, Scott, next time we have you on, we're going to be talking about a wild card series. So, as just a last note from both Bump and myself and Curtis, uh, who's here as well and also grew up in Seattle, it was just I can't put into words how how excited and happy we are for you guys to have uh, finally broken the drought and to be the club to do it and to be the manager to do it. And uh, it was a really, really cool thing to see. So congratulations awesome. once again. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm proud of all the guys here and everybody that's helped us along the way. But like I said the other night, we're just getting started. So we need all the fans behind us enjoying it, rooting for us and pulling. And I know there'll be a bunch of people no matter where we play. I've already gotten messages from many local people saying, I'm going to Toronto or Cleveland. I don't care. So I'm sure we'll see some of those people over there as well. But thank you very much. All right. Well said. Thanks, Skip. Take care. All right, uh, got uh, some lineup info, and then we'll recap a bit from Scott, and then we'll take a look around MLB. So start with the lineup, which is out right now. J.P. Crawford leading off. Then you got Ty France, Mitch Hanniger, A. Eugenio Suarez, Carlos Santana, Jared Kelnick, Toro. Now, Scott just told us that Toro would be called up in place of Haggerty. He is in there at second base today. Adam Frazier in left field. Kirk Asali, your catcher, Chris Flexen, your starter. Gonna be good to see Chris Flexen get a start, man. You root for him, and and you want the best for him. Used to be a guy. Used to be in the yeah in the rotation. Um, nice to see him get that start. You said he's starting, right? He is starting. He's on he's the your, uh, for game one today. For game season. one, get her done, Flex. Remind the go. folks what it is. I like it. All right. Also, yes, we did get confirmation from Skip, though that was already via press release. Sam Haggerty going to be placed on IL. He is done. Not having him bump is huge. He's versatile defensively. He gets on base. He's one of your best base runners. Uh, you pointed out, though, that like, yeah, not having him uh, is a big deal. You still have Dylan Moore, which is good. But I did like your question about like, Baseball is so uniquely different from football, and then it's not, you can't do next man up with every single guy, especially the yeah. more unique he is. Yeah, he's extremely unique. There's no next guy up. It kind of affects everything. It's a domino effect to some sort. You got your guys who are guaranteed going to be in there, but it changes the way that you prepare. And then he answers, he goes, Look, it depends on who we play, too. You know, that yeah. changes how we set this lineup. Not having Haggerty in your back pocket, um, we'll definitely see some type of effect. Yeah. For anyone wondering where Julio is, Scott Service said that you'll see him in game two of today's game, which is why J.P. Crawford is leading off. And uh, you've got uh, Jared Kelnick in center and left field Adam Frazier, which means at second, it's Abraham Toro. All right, let's take a look around MLB here. Aaron Judge 
Still has not hit home run number 62. What a scrub, right? How much longer <laughs> will Roger Maris Jr. follow Judge's chase for 62? He has been following him for like a month. Yeah. How much, how much time does this guy get off work? Does he work remotely? I don't think he has to worry about it. I think he's like, he look, my dad hit this. Maris Jr. That's yeah. exactly what my it dad is. did this one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you jealous? Wow. You might have heard of it. <laughs> Nepotism. Imagine if his name was like Daryl Maris, not Roger Maris Jr. Like he would have just to work a, a little bit harder. He's like, my name's uh, my name's Carl. I just Carl follow Maris. Carl Maris. Roger's I just... my dad. Okay, yeah, sure. right, sure, yeah. I just follow Aaron Judge around to wait and see if he's gonna. Now, question: You have two more days, right? No. Yes. yes. Two more two days. Two more days. I don't know if the Yankees is have a home run sixty-two coming. It ain't happening. No? It ain't I just going to end tight. I don't think Judge plays in the final game of the regular season because they want to keep, so keep their best guys healthy for the playoffs. Curtis, are you getting some satisfaction out of this? I know you didn't bit. want him to hit. A little bit. Because you a little bit? What I don't like is them cutting into every single program, whether this it be just on ESPN in. Aaron or, Judge up to Annie's walk. Never yeah, mind. We're like, returning oh, Aaron you. Judge <laughs> could finish seventh all time in a single season for home runs. Whoop-de-doo. Can I like, tell we've you? We've already seen 62 <laughs> yeah. get hit a bunch of times yeah. since Maris It doesn't count, though. It. Remember? No. It doesn't oh, count. It does. Barry Bonds. Another God. hit for Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds <laughs> remains the, the record holder. Now, I know there are people that disagree, including people I really respect, like John yeah. Rossi, who disagree, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But let me tell you why I also see it as Barry Bonds, and I'm going to be very honest with you, okay? This doesn't stick with any principles or consistency whatsoever. You know why? Because uh, which two men are now tied for the uh, AL record? Which team did they play for? That's right. Over it. I do not want to see. And let me tell you, when Roger Maris Jr. did his his little response about why he sees that as the true record, and he was like, it's just the way it should. I know. Oh, I hate the Yankees so much. He was like, you know, it's just great. The way it's supposed to be. No drugs. It's a Yankee. I'm sorry. Hang on. If you want to come in and say the way it's supposed to be. No performance enhancing drugs. All right. I'll let that. that, Okay. I get it. But then you're going to throw in. And then he did it as a Yankee. Oh, you got to throw that in as like. Like something that makes it morally right to get out of here. Forget the Yankees. Barry Bonds what do you forever. Expect? That's just the Yankee brand and anyone who I supports the it. Yankees. They are God's gift to baseball. Just admit apparently. you can't grow facial hair. Just admit yeah. that you can't grow facial hair. <laughs> Say what it is. Be real about it. Next headline here. White Sox manager Tony La Russa will step down following the end of the season due to health concerns. Not a surprise to anyone You here. can't really make fun um, of him for no. No, you can't. health concerns. You can't. you can't. Were you about to raise your gonna, hand and say Curtis? I would say I am... <laughs> Let's the man stepping down for health concerns. Curtis, let him he step down. He probably would have concerns. stepped down or been forced to step I'll down just regardless. Point out that when he decided to take a leave of absence, yeah. the Chicago White Sox played their best ball of the season. Yeah. I will also just say that down to AZ. for the first time in a long while, it's a decision by Tony La Russa that makes sense. Touche. Yeah. Touche. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I hope he intentionally walks home from the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis, it's not Rather okay. He's not than, well. Let him live, He's not Curtis. Well. Let him live. He's had God. a few issues behind the wheel in his day. He's seventy-seven <laughs> years old already. You didn't. He didn't need to come back and manage the White Sox. Like his legacy was set. He yeah. had won a World Series in his final season with the Cardinals. Like, why did he decide to come back and manage the White Sox? I, don't know. I get that the White Sox were were on an upward trajectory and were playing for. A world or could have played for a World Series in the last couple of years, but like, 
Dude, you had it made. You were already in the Baseball Hall of Fame, too. Like, you didn't need this at all. And now I feel like he's kind of a joke to a a new generation of baseball fans, right? Like, who out there that watches baseball on a nightly basis or just casually thinks of Tony La Russa now as a great manager. Like, no one. He's got ambition. I mean, old school folks. The ambition I of guess. a rider. Tupac. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. I know that we focused a lot on the American League playoff picture, understandably so, but we have not talked a ton about the NL League. Not only am I doing this for Bumps Dodgers, but also because there's news on that side of thing. the things. The Phillies qualify for the postseason. They are the number six overall seed for the first time in 10 years. Congratulations to another team, this one in the National League, for breaking a playoff drought. Your NL playoff picture is now Set with the Mets and the Padres facing off. Winner goes on to face Bumps number one seeded LA Dodgers, who uh, are now going to surpass 110 wins, presumably, on the season. Congratulations to them. That Mariners record still holding strong. Still there. Meanwhile, you've got the St. Louis Cardinals facing off against the Phillies. Winner goes on to play the Atlanta Braves. It's a good playoff picture, honestly, around baseball like I am I know that there's some people that are like oh I don't want to watch the Phillies or the Mariners or whatever it is I like all these teams I'm genuinely invested in what the Mets do uh, and whether they advance and and I would love to see the Mets and Dodgers face off I'd love to see the Padres and Dodgers for that matter but I I like the postseason picture as it stands right now I'm very okay with it bump yeah I'm all good with it I got both my squads in this thing you got yeah, the M's you. you got the the Doyers as we call them back mm-hmm. home yep, yep, yep yeah yep, life yep. is good can't complain all right uh Shannon Dreyer is going to be joining us uh, for the remaining two segments. We'll bring on Rick Riz. We'll talk to Rick with Shannon, and then we'll do a little bit of a roundtable talking about a playoff rotation, some other questions. So, two things. Number one, let's see what's on tap. Powered by Madden Industrial Craftsman. You already know what it is. It's a doubleheader. First game is at 3.10 p.m. Chris Flexen getting the start in this one. No Julio. Expect him for game two, though. J.P. Crawford leading off at short to start. Um, That is going to be at 3.10 p.m. for the first pitch. Pre-game show starts at 2. We are taking you right to that following our show and the dugout. Also, you are listening to The Dugout right now on Seattle Sports Station. Rick Riz joins us next. You're listening to The Dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners. All right, you are listening to The Dugout before we bring on Rick Riz. Shannon Dreyer, Mariners insider for Seattle Sports, joins us. And uh, Shannon, everyone's watching for Aaron Judge to hit home run number 62. He just hit a single, apparently, against the Rangers at Yankee Stadium and got some booze. <laughs> People very disappointed. It's not a home run, Shannon. Well, time is running out. You know, it seemed like a foregone conclusion, but you're kind of getting down to it right now. And he did. He really did slow down quite a bit when he was approaching tying the record. I don't think he had a home run for just over a week. So uh, it's not a done deal until that ball leaves the ballpark. Shannon, you were there for the celebration on Friday. And at any time during that moment, did you look over at Stacy and see that she did not have a poncho and goggles? Wow. And just laugh at her and call her a rookie. Wow. <laughs> uh, no, but the manager did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he literally said rookie mistake because I was wearing uh, I was wearing like heeled boots, no poncho. I was not prepared, Shannon. I was not prepared. You thought you thought ahead. Yeah, I thought ahead. I've watched enough, and it, honestly, it's been in my head for so long. Partly because you have to be prepared for what Stacy was not, but also <laughs> this is a, it's a whirlwind. I mean, we still don't know exactly where we're going tomorrow after the game. It is likely Toronto. It could be Cleveland. And then are you hopefully going on to Houston or perhaps New York? 
And so you're trying to pack for all of this. Of course, there's the doubleheader, which makes yep. very little sense of, wow. you know, at all. All the day games that they've had coming down from everything that happened on Friday. It's been about as whirlwind a week as I have had in this game. And it's a good whirlwind to be on. But I had always thought that when you get to this, you've got to make sure you've got a little something left in the tank. So I've kind of, the last couple of years, just really stepped it up in the second half. Watch what you eat. Make sure you stay hydrated. <laughs> work out a little bit you know it's just that kind of thing it's you've got to be ready for what is coming because it gets there very quickly and then absolutely everything goes nuts all right shannon we got a couple mariners roster moves tell us what we need to know Okay, so um, unfortunately, Sam Haggerty was placed on the IL today with the groin injury. He got the MRI. They're still assessing it, but um, the little bit of good news sounds like it's not going to require a surgery. The bad news is it does still, and they haven't said, they haven't graded it or anything mm-hmm. like that. It does seem like it could be potentially you know, significant. And he, of course, is on the 10-day IL, and that does carry over into the postseason. So he would be out for sure for those first two series and uh, you know, beyond that, it's it's tough to see somebody coming back that fast, and that's hard. This is a position that has been so important to the Mariners and his versatility in the field, but in the postseason, I mean, I could just see him, you know, uh, scoring a game-winning run, yeah. stealing a run, you know, when, you know, stealing a base or two and there's you know dylan moore is is definitely up there and can do that too and does it very well but my thought was i think we were going to see dylan moore starting a little bit more and i don't know if that kind of throws the balance off in, in what they were going to do there but it's safe to say you cannot replace what sam Haggerty brought on the bases and that would have been you know elite in terms of what you can do in the postseason so that's a tough one and of course just a terrible one for him feel horrible for the player himself so taking his place on the roster is abraham toro uh, you are also able to call up a 26th player, and that is a pitcher. That is Justice Sheffield, who will start the second game. Hey, Shannon, um, you talk about Haggerty. Um, what's an update on Cal Raleigh? How's this situation going? Um, Suarez seems like he's healthy. Julio looked good the other day. Other than Haggerty, what's the overall health of this team? I think it's kind of a status quo. I think Suarez came back and showed that he is, he's fine. He's good to go. He can play in the field. He can, he can hit. So I, I don't think we're worrying about him at all. Julio uh, seems to have, have bounced back from his first couple of days. He's not in the first game lineup. I would assume he will be in the second game lineup. And Cal is Cal. That thumb's not going anywhere. It, it's going to be that situation is not going to change significantly in the postseason. It's going to take time to heal, but he has also showed that he can play through that. Um, and so I, I, I don't see anything different with him at this point, which is decent news, I would say. Yeah, no, that's uh, I mean, that's good news, all things considered. Um, we've been uh, obviously no surprise. And we will get back to this in our next segment uh, with you. But uh, just for a, a quick second here, does your expectation or working assumption for the starting rotation change depending on whether this team faces Cleveland or Toronto? It could. I haven't broken it down as much right. as I probably should. I'm leaving that to the analysts, but they do break everything down. We know that uh, Toronto is extremely right-hand heavy, and that does not put up the most favorable um, of, you know, kind of setup for Robbie Ray, but I'm sure he will be in there. And I think I don't know how you handle 
the order uh, of where guys go. So it, I think that it could be different against Cleveland, and it also, you know, bullpens come into play with that as well. So they those decisions have not been fully made, but I think we've got a good idea of the three that you would see regardless. Shannon, you've been around this team uh, for a while now. Do you think they've been able to enjoy that celebration on a Friday and then to switch back into, okay, we still have some work here to do, plus get ready and geared up for the playoffs? Seeing that I'm in my baseball mode right now, I have no idea what day it is, but I think it has been long enough. <laughs> you know, I will say that there were some guys, I think, that did, uh, you know, people were, oh, they're still feeling it the next day. I'm like, come on. But talking to a couple of guys the next day, it was like, okay, I finally feel good today. <laughs> so I think that perhaps that did come into play. The focus absolutely has been there. And, the, you know, they were hoping to get that home wild card series and while you say that and and that has been you know what has been put out there as the priority and i think that they did do their best to do that i think that when you look at how it was managed in the lineups that were put out there i don't think it was a hundred percent we're a hundred percent going for it i think they prioritize getting guys rest i think they prioritize if there was a health anywhere giving that guy the time that they need mm-hmm. so I, I think it's it was a balancing act and putting all of that together and the most important thing to do is to win you know those two of those three games so you for sure get two games back here and you know they've got goals that are go beyond what the wild card series is and i think that you know starting the day after that clinch game i do think that there was a, a heavier priority as far as keeping guys uh, in good shape for what's coming up this weekend uh, all right, you guys, we're going to have Shannon on with us uh, in our next segment as well. I'm going to make it kind of like a, a Mariners roundtable with the three of us. So if you guys have some additional questions, get those sent in now to the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. Last one for me here, Shannon. Uh, Marco is going to be starting uh, tomorrow. Is the idea that um, what can you as as a reporter start to see uh, as this team's plan taking shape, for instance, is the idea with Marco like, hey, save the bullpen arms. Like what can you kind of see the plan being for, for today and tomorrow with based on what they're doing? I, I think that does play into it. I think they're looking at the matchups and the series that are coming up, and that is not a good matchup for Marco. So I think that, you know, along those lines, Logan Gilbert was originally supposed to start that game. There is no point in having Logan start that game if home field is not on the table. So along those lines, I do think it comes into we're going to need innings on that day. Yeah. We want the bullpen to have those, you know, have that day off, and Marco gives you an excellent chance at that. All right, you guys, Shannon is going to hang with us for the dugout, just as she does every single Tuesday. So get your questions in now to the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. We covered a a bit of the rotation. I might touch back on it. Um, We we know that uh, Scott was out there for a media scrum. Shannon will get some of your takeaways from any news today outside of just those roster moves. Uh, And, of course, you know, I know that there's still two games, technically three games left to play against Detroit here, but... Yeah, we got to look ahead. How could you not to either Toronto or Cleveland? All of that coming your way next with Shannon Dreyer sticking with us for the dugout. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners. 
This is the dugout all Mariners from 1 to 2, just as we do every single Tuesday. And uh, normally we'd have a Q&A with Shannon, but since we just talked to Shannon, uh, instead we're going to do like a little bit of a Mariners roundtable. Uh, there's just so much to cover here. So if you guys have questions, I've got some topics to cover with Shannon, but if you guys have questions, I want to leave some space for that as well so that Bump and I can throw those Shannon's way. 866-979-3776. All right, uh, Shannon, uh, I wanted to start by... Uh, quickly taking a look back at Friday when this team actually clinched a playoff spot for the first time in 21 years. And uh, obviously all of us were there. Bump was in the crowd. I was in the press box, but you had a very unique experience having covered this team, being there in the moment. Uh, Walk us through it. Yeah, it was pretty wild. It was wild to trying to figure out how we were going to handle it when it happened because obviously we didn't have any experience with it. And it was funny because everything that I thought of trying to handle just came from what I'd seen on television with mm-hmm. other teams. So I had that moment when I saw them with the T-shirts on the field. Oh, yeah, they get T-shirts. That's cool. <laughs> um, you know, being down in the camera well when Cal hit that home run, it's you really couldn't be much closer. And, and seeing him circle the bases and the looks on the faces were absolutely amazing and the celebration on the field. But then we got to go in. Um, we got to follow the team right into the clubhouse. We were in there before most were let in. So when the speeches were gave, gave when Scott Service gave the speech, uh, I was right there. And, and that was one of the neatest things because, uh, you know, it, it's not a we. I'm not a part of a we. The mm-hmm. we are all of the people who help this team win a game. It's everybody from, the, you know, Julio Rodriguez to the 26th man on the field to the trainers to the clubbies to everybody, you know, to, that keeps them healthy, keeps them on the field, the analysts, everybody that helps. That's that group. But uh, to be just kind of one step literally behind it in that room and, and to hear the speech and, and to see, you know, it was interesting. It's uh, Scott Service went to Robbie Ray, you know, to, to address the group and Robbie Ray threw it right over to Eugenio Suarez to pop the first bottle. Of course, Julio kind of botched that and accidentally <laughs> let the first one go. And uh, it was funny. I talked to Ty France yesterday, and he said, uh, just for the record, the babysitter was off duty that night. That was not my fault, and he didn't know any better. <laughs> but just a, a neat moment to be in there before all of the chaos and just to kind of feel it just kind of start to build and build and build and then, you know, champagne everywhere including on stacy's white boots but i, I don't think anybody okay. minded they that were i think you know <laughs> they were eggshell <laughs> which probably hides the champagne a little bit better yeah. than if they yes. were absolutely i had to clean them when i got home absolutely and i was there when the the plastic came down which was awesome because again you don't have experience with these things it looked good when we walked into the room and it lasted all of about 30 seconds Shannon, when you're navigating through the clubhouse, like trying to talk to players and and be in that moment, was there anybody that you saw that was just like in awe, you know, not really celebrating, uh, but just stuck in being in that moment? Like, I can't believe we just did this. Uh, I think Matt Boyd was probably the one, and I think we've all seen the interview and how emotional he got, but he definitely, definitely was taking things in after the initial celebration. I mean, he's right there, but his eyes, you know, you imagine as a kid who grew up and, you know, idolizing this team, I think his eyes kind of look like that kid in that moment, and uh, that was really kind of special to see. I interviewed Robbie Ray uh, pretty much right off the bat, and I was surprised to hear the emotion Mm -hmm. in his voice, you know, and that was wonderful. He didn't factor into that game, but the emotion was as strong as anybody, and that was something. And uh, interesting to hear him, and I think it's kind of a little bit more known right now, but when he gave his short speech, he referenced talking to the club the week before and we remember him coming out and saying 
I think we need to stop looking at that scoreboard and saying that publicly. Well, his message to the team at that point, because we knew there were a couple of little meetings in Kansas City when everything was going sideways, his message was, finish it. Come on, let's finish this. And so it was really kind of neat just to see all of that just kind of uh, unwrap and put all the pieces together in very short order. All right, before they finish it, they got to get things started, and that's going to be on the road against either Cleveland or Toronto. The only thing we know is that the Mariners will be on the road. What we don't is who they'll play. In all likelihood, right now it's pointing to Toronto. Obviously, Cleveland's still an option. How does Seattle match up against these two teams, Shannon? Well, you look at Toronto, and they're very right-handed, and you know you're going to be throwing a left-hander on Robbie Ray. So that's a, a little bit tougher right there, I think, when you factor in the travel that's going to be involved in that as well. And also, they're two different teams. Their offenses are completely different. It's You look at Toronto, and they are bombs away. And they are clicking right now, as are the Guardians. So, you know, I don't think that there is any great difference in the two when you take away the handedness or if you take into consideration that it might be a little bit easier getting to Cleveland. Um, But I think the preference uh, might be kind of leaning toward Cleveland, although it's looking likely to be Toronto, and they'll be ready for that as well. Plus, you have the success in that you have very recent success that you have had against Cleveland in that building. But uh, if I look at Toronto and I look at the pitching, I think there was some talk early on that if – home field was on the line they might pitch Manoa on Wednesday and that would have made a huge difference if he wasn't available he's now available so that pitching staff uh, is going to look pretty 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 tough but you know what you got to get used to it all these teams are going to look very very tough we talk about the Mariners pitching and how good you feel about you know the guys that could pitch in a three-game series or even a four-game series you're going to see that on the other side too all of these teams are very good all of these teams are going to present different challenges so i I think the differences aren't huge shannon who on this team do these guys lean on when it comes to playoff experience obviously you have your your leaders throughout the uh, the regular season but is there somebody who's who's been around the block a couple more times than, than this young team Carlos Santana, and he's been very active in talking to guys about it since the day that he got here. In fact, I saw him talking with Jerry DePoto down in Clubhouse about an hour ago, and it looked like he had some suggestions for some things. I mean, he's definitely got some uh, experience in it. He definitely is comfortable sharing that experience, and not just with position players. He's not afraid to go talk to a pitcher either. So I think that that is something that has helped. Uh, Luis Castillo has pitched in a game. Robbie Ray has pitched in a game. The guys who came over from the Reds, they actually played uh, a short series. Um, I think it might have just been a wild card now that I think about it, but in 2020 in the short season, they did have that experience, but said that was very different. That mm-hmm. whole season was uh, completely different than a usual uh, regular season being just the two months, and the lead-up was not the same as what it would be in a regular season. Of course, you didn't feel the same after only playing for two months as well. So there's not a ton, but those who have been there have really stepped up and, and been leaders not just lead by example but vocal leaders in this uh last question i I gotta have a quick one here but um i I might be reaching at straws trying to find like a million and five reasons that they should win the wild card series but is there anything to be said about uh not just their experience with these east coast trips but also with their record against 500 uh, plus teams Absolutely. And in fact, I was, you know, joking the last two days. Can't wait to get the good teams in front of them again. Right. Yeah, no kidding. 
they're more they're a little more predictable you know more yeah. what to expect and they had you know success against both cleveland and both toronto so that is in their mind as well all right uh you guys are in good hands for the pregame show because uh we're gonna leave you with shannon dreyer in fact she's she's not going anywhere she's gonna step aside for a sec step aside for a sec <laughs> shannon will be with you uh for the mariners pregame show shannon thank you for joining us for the dugout we will talk to you later All right, and everyone, do not go anywhere. The Mariners open a doubleheader against the Tigers. First pitch is at 3.10 p.m. Pre-game show starts next right here on your home for the Mariners, Seattle Sports Station.